with Matt Walsh and Candace Owens. I'm gonna pull this up right here. And we're gonna see exactly what this conversation go like. Like I haven't watched it or anything, but just kinda wanted to check it out and see exactly what's what with it. <laughs> Y'all tell me if y'all enjoyed the documentary. I do want to get into talking about these cosmetic procedures because you sat down with the surgeon um, and you discussed vaginoplasty, vaginoplasty. I might be saying that wrong on a 16-year-old. So I want to illuminate that for audiences and have them take a listen to the conversation. What's the, what's the youngest patient that you've operated on? The youngest patient I've done vaginoplasty on? Um is age 16. Do you worry that minors just don't understand enough about themselves? They're not neurologically developed enough yet to make permanent life-altering decisions? Absolutely not. I want Wow, I would really like to understand her, her logic behind that. J. Cole from my hometown, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, people are told to follow their dreams, but aren't told how to tell the difference between dreams and egotistical desires from insecurities and childhood scars. Facts, facts. I know what a woman is, but she <laughs> she ain't here right now. <laughs> the rapper YouTuber song was something like "Hope I Can Make It Home" or "Pray I Make It Home." That's why I say he didn't make it home. Robbed the place in Tennessee and headed back. Oh man, that's out of cut off so horrible. Just want to leave the kids alone. Leave the kids alone. Period. Period. See, one thing that people don't remember when they were kids, some people tend to forget. And I think the wisest of us remember when we were kids and how susceptible we were to, like, fashion or trying to fit in with the, the most popular things going on right now. Like, when I was in, uh, from, like, kindergarten to fourth grade, I went to, like, a very good school. And, like, all of the kids there kind of, like, uh were like well dressed and everything of that sort and it was really like you know classes were really like well structured and then like when I went to fifth grade I got switched over to the school closest to my projects and the kids there were totally different all the kids cared about there was what kind of shoes you had on what kind of outfit you had on who had the the most girls and stuff like that and I remember in fifth grade feeling like I didn't belong and feeling like uh, I wanted to be cool, but I wasn't cool. And that summer, I spent most of my time making myself as cool as I could possibly be. I told myself I would never be the kind of guy who was afraid or shy. So I went out and started doing things to get money, to, to have the nice clothes and nice shoes, to get girls and stuff like that. I was very impressionable. And I was so young that I didn't even realize at the time that I was just trying to impress those people, even though that wasn't truly who I was. And I think a lot of young people feel that way. When everybody around you is conforming to this whole lifestyle, it's very easy, especially for young girls, to get caught up in that. And the only issue is when you're young, you tend to make decisions that you probably going to regret when you get older. And... The fact that they're doing certain types of surgeries on these young kids that's life altering, I, I just think it's a shame. I just think it's a shame. Permanent life altering decisions? Absolutely not. I want to punch her in the face. You did not punch her in the face. I don't know how, given that you have four children, 
Um, when I, what I hear when I listen to that is I mutilated a young child's body. That procedure, for people that don't know, they're taking a piece of your colon and they're putting it in the front so that it looks like, keyword, the keywords here, looks like it's a cosmetic procedure, um, a vagina. How do you feel sitting across and hearing that, that yeah, I mutilated a child? Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was probably the, the hardest interview we did in, in certain ways. And, and we, right, with our, you know, the, the team after we left that one, we were just kind of like sitting there in silence, <laughs> just kind of trying to absorb. Because you're, you're, you're really looking, you're kind of sitting there staring into to pure. You know, it's crazy because like certain women of certain ages, like they might not want kids or something like that. And they might request to their gynecologist or something like that, that they want to get their tubes tied or something of that sort. And a lot of gynecologists won't even do that until the women reach a certain age because they don't want the women to make decisions like that when they're so young, when they're in their early 20s and stuff like that, right? But if they were object to that, but they, at the same time, will allow a 16-year-old to completely alter themselves down there in that fashion. We are just so backwards and so twisted in so many different ways. And many of this stuff, we really just don't fully grasp the long-term consequences of these things. Evil, I think, as you point out. I, I totally agree with that. And what we have to realize, by the way, is that um, this is actually very common, uh, especially with girls, the, the you know, so-called sex change surgery, top surgery, chopping the breasts off of, of girls is uh, increasingly common. And uh, they're doing it in California now down to the age, I believe the age of 13. This is hard to hear. Like, this, is, this is even hard to even listen to. I mean, just listening to it is hard, let alone actually seeing children go through this. Is when they start with, uh, with girls. Um, and that's why it doesn't, I actually, the, the fact that you just cited that suicidality goes, is, is the highest after surgery. That makes sense to me intuitively. I hadn't seen that study, but I, we were told that by someone in the, in the film also, which makes a lot of sense because, you know, the underlying mental problem is still there after surgery, but now you've added on this extra level of you've mutilated your body and there's going to be regret and everything that comes with that. Um, so it, it makes a lot of sense that that would be the case. Yeah, it's 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 very scary, oh, no, and no, no, I love that in this documentary you actually went to Africa. Let me see something. Let me uh let me look this up real quick. Are trans people more suicidal after surgery? Let me see something. Uh, let's see the conversation and fact check. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh boy. Uh, let's see. Studies that have been done of transgender people who have had sex reassignment surgery, people who have been followed for 20 or so years have found that after 10 years from the surgery, that their suicide mortality rate was actually 20 times higher than the non-transgender population. So, wow. Let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. The researchers found that persons with transsexualism after sex reassignment have considerably higher risk of mortality, suicidal behavior, and psychiatric mor morbidity than the general population. Uh, let's see. The authors did not find that surgery was the cause of increased suicide risk, written, uh, writing in their paper that the results should not be interpreted such as sex reassignment per 
per se increases morbidity and mortality. Things might have been even worse without sex reassignment. Okay, so basically what they're saying there is that while it is true that after uh, sexual reassignment surgery that uh, trans women or trans people are 20 times more likely to commit suicide, they have not necessarily found that that is the direct cause of it. It's like correlation doesn't always equal causation, but at the moment they do not know exactly what contributes to it, but they do admit that after surgery, for whatever reason, it could be due to the surgery or it could be due to other factors that they are 20 times more likely to commit suicide. Okay. I just want to look that up. See what I can find. All right, let's get back to it. Because my husband, all the time, we talk about various social issues. He spends a lot of time in Africa because he hunts and in the bush. And he always says to me, when you get to Africa and you start talking to these locals, they don't even understand the concept of gay. And I have this idea that we actually have become so progressive. We've become regressive in society. Like we've just gone like forward, forward, forward. And actually now we're like behind backward. Um, it's the reason why we're acting like medieval creatures wearing, you know, masks as if we're like hanging garlic and warding off vampires, right? <laughs> These things don't make any sense medically. Um, uh, and it's sort of the same way when you look at this transgender where they can't even grasp the concept of what you're saying. They're laughing at you like you're a crazy person, <laughs> like you're somebody who's arrived from a medieval period and doesn't understand basic facts and how things work. That has got to, it's stunning to, you went to a tribe and we're supposed to believe that they're backwards, right? So this is why it's very important, right? I knew uh, years ago when I first got into this whole political uh, environment and started thinking about these things, I noticed that there was a clever trick being played that words were changing. Words that used to mean something no longer meant what they really meant. And now they meant something totally different. And then you started hearing things like my truth your truth instead of the truth. They started redefining racism and started redefining all of these different words. And I knew right then and there, I had a clear understanding of exactly what was taking place here. If you can change what words mean, you can change the conversation. And if you can change the conversation, you can confuse people. And as long as people are confused, then you can do a sleight of hand. You can smuggle in things in the conversation that don't necessarily belong. And we're so busy fighting over language and what people actually mean that people are actually telling you that words don't have any meaning and there is no such thing as truth. And if you take that position, you can apply that to all different facets of life. And that's how we end up in this exact situation right here. Sometimes the slippery slope isn't a fallacy. Sometimes it's a real thing. Yeah, yep. They don't know anything. We're living in this forward futuristic society, and they're basically laughing uh, as you're trying to explain to them um, what transgenderism even is. Yeah, that's part of the reason. Well, I'll admit that one of the reasons we went there was to troll the libs, you know, uh, because it's just uh, it's very funny to go and have African tribesmen saying these things because the left can't. Oh, wow. what, what are they going to do? It's like it's racist to, to criticize. So that was part. Yeah, so what Matt Walsh did was very clever, right? You can call it a dirty trick, but it's an, a, a very necessary trick, right? It's this intersectional coalition that we have in America to where now everything is cross-referenced. 
oh, she's a woman. Oh, she's a Hispanic woman or a black woman. Oh, she, you know, they do all of these different, oh, these people are oppressed because of these multifaceted reasons, right? But one thing that happens is now you have groups competing against who is the mostly oppressed. So this man went to Africa, found a tribe, and got them to say that there was a difference between a man and a woman. Now he puts the ball back in the liberal person's court and make them either a admit that the tribes people are right or b override the tribesmen and therefore be against the black minority group of people right he, he basically split hairs there part of it but also but but i think more so it was um it was kind of to test this ridiculous idea from the left that they claim they say that the so-called gender binary is a western colonial construct and, you know, the idea that men are men and women are women, that's, that's, that's our unique Western thing. And you go outside of that bubble, you're going to find that people are very fluid and open and progressive. And then, of course, that's not the case. But we said, let's go and test it out anyway. And we found the exact opposite is the case that actually gender ideology is a very insular, uniquely Western, modern thing. It doesn't exist outside the bubble. And it's very revealing when, as it happened to me, because I'm asking these questions and they assume, because I'm asking, that I'm actually confused. And they think that I'm just a, an absolute maniac. They were nice about it. I mean, they pitied me like a child, but they were, they were nice about it. But now I, they put me in the position of, of having to, like they were demanding explanations from me of how all this works. Uh, and so now I'm trying to explain it to them. And I think nothing reveals the absurdity of an idea more than trying to explain it to someone who has no shared frame of reference to you. Like, exactly, like, right? What happens is people say that the reason we have this idea of man and woman is some white male patriarchy, um, you know, ideal over what society should be in how it's operating. Uh, this European concept of man and woman and nuclear family, but that's not true. That's why he went to an African tribe, right? To show you that it's not unique to white heterosexual Christian European men, right? So it broke that facade that a lot of people in our country wants to frame the conversation around. And it opens you up to the reality that, no, you're not the majority in this. You're a very small-minded minority on these situations. And you're trying to deceive everybody into thinking that you somehow have an insight on the European mindset that just doesn't exist. Like, you're, you're starting from, the, from ground up trying to explain this concept. And uh, it quickly becomes obvious how <laughs> vacuous the idea is. One in a million, a million, the one villain. Too hot to be in the kitchen. I'll end up melting the ceiling.